Hi again, everybody. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for downloading the Bengals Booth Podcast. The Jesse's Back in Town edition as we hear from Bengals safety Jesse Bates, who has signed the franchise tag and started practicing with the team. We'll also hear from Thaddeus Moss on the Twitter firestorm that resulted from his legal block last Sunday against the Giants. And my broadcast partner Dave Lapham joins me to take an in-depth look at Wednesday's joint practice with the LA Rams. The Bengals Booth Podcast is presented by Ultimate Bengals. Download Ultimate Bengals ahead of the 2022 season. It's free to play next level fantasy football with fantastic Bengals prizes. Get it now on the App Store and Google Play. And here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. It's the greatest thing since getting new glasses. For the first time in six years, I visited the optometrist, shout out to Dr. Jim Ellis, and got the prescription updated on my eyeglasses. Note to self, don't wait six years next time. I feel like a new man, one who can read a license plate on a moving car a mile away. Okay, a slight exaggeration perhaps, but uniform numbers from the broadcast booth should be a breeze. Now, let's get to my guests. In last Sunday's game against the New York Giants, Bengals tight end Thaddeus Moss attempted to make a legal cut block on rookie defensive end Kayvon Thibodeau. It resulted in an awkward collision, and Thibodeau suffered a knee injury that initially looked severe, but thankfully turned out to be an MCL sprain. However, the low block also resulted in a Twitter firestorm, with some people calling Moss dirty or even cowardly before players around the league came to his defense. I talked to Thaddeus about it on Wednesday. Were you kind of caught off guard by the national reaction to that block the other night? Mm, no, I wasn't really caught off guard. Um, I don't I don't have social media on my phone. I'm not really into all of that stuff. So did it catch me off guard? I mean, it didn't really catch me any type of way. I mean, as soon as I got to the locker room, my teammates were already talking, uh, you know, telling me about it. But, you know, I don't I don't look into that stuff. I don't put any value into that stuff. So was I caught off guard by it? No. Watching the play, it just looked like there was kind of an awkward point where he didn't know whether you're going to go high or low. You didn't quite know whether he was going to go high and low. Is that just one of those things that happens? I mean, yeah. I mean, so first first off, you know, I'm, I'm glad he's okay and there was nothing, you know, major, major. Um, you know, I tried to reach out to him. Um, like I said, I don't have social media, so it's kind of hard to reach out to people, you know, nowadays without social media. Um, so I'm glad he's okay first. Um, but with the play, yeah, it was, it was an awkward play. Um, yeah, it was just an awkward play. You know, the way the way that he um, kind of played it and turned into it, uh, you know, didn't didn't fully turn into it. It just turned into an awkward play with a bad result. You know, that play happens all the time. It was just a bad a bad result. We're visiting with Thaddeus Moss. We already know your receiving ability. Uh, that was well established before you got here. I think you're trying to show everybody that you can be a good blocker as well in the NFL. So a play like that is very important for you, I would think to make this team showing the ability to do what you have to do in the blocking game. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, essentially, you know, I'm fighting for my life out here. That's the reality of the situation. You know, I'm fighting for a roster spot. I'm fighting for my life out here. So 
And anytime I step on that field in the preseason game, every play is important. You know, every play is important. You know, it doesn't matter if I'm backside of the play, if I'm front side, if it's a special teams rep, if it's, you know, whatever it is. Um, you know, every play is vital. Every play is important. Um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm coached and told to, I'm coached and told to do, you know, to, to I'm coached and, and told my job to do and I need to go execute it. You know, so at the end of the day, that's just, you know, I was coached and told to do something and I went and executed the play. We see that block in every NFL game. The Giants did the same block in that game the other night. Mm. But there is a little bit of a debate as to whether that block should be part of the game. Do you have any thoughts on on cutting guys and whether that's something that should not be part of football? No, I don't really have any thoughts of it. I mean, I know they outruled the, you know, they, they took out the rule of, of cutting on the, you know, cutting on the perimeter. Um, you know, if they start up that, if, if, if I started that debate up, you know, in regards to cutting inside the tackle box, then so be it. Um, you know, I don't really, I, I don't really care for it. You know, the rules are the rules. If they change them, they change them. If they keep them, they keep them. You know, it's just a part of the game. It's a part of the game. And like you said, that play happens every single drive. Um, you know, every single drive, every single team does it. Um, you know, so if they change the rules, they change the rules. But as of right now, the rules are the rules, and that happens every single drive. Your position coach, James Casey, had a long NFL career, primarily as a blocking tight end. That was the strength of his game. Has he talked to you and said, hey, you were doing what you were supposed to do, keep your head up? Yeah, uh, I mean, Zach, so, you know, Zach um, Taylor, he talked to me um, probably a few plays after that, and he was like, you know, if it makes you feel any better, he was like, they're, you know, they just ran the same exact play, and they and they just did the same exact thing to our defensive end, if that makes you feel any better. And then... Um, yeah, you know, yeah, James as well, position coach, he told me, he was like, you know, there's nothing egregious about it. There was nothing dirty about it. You know, you were, you know, it was just what you were coached to do. It was what you were told to do. There's nothing dirty about it, nothing crazy about it. Um, you know, football is football. Change of subject. You're practicing and then playing against the team you just competed against in a Super Bowl. How unusual is this week for you guys? I mean, for the guys that played in the Super Bowl, you know, I bet it's a little weird for them and they probably feel some type of way. Um, you know, for the guys that didn't play in the Super Bowl, I mean, it's a big, you know, with it being the last week anyways of preseason, you know, roster cuts, it's a big week anyways. And then on top of it, if you played in that game, you know, this is essentially four games in six days, you know, whatever whatever it adds up to be. But essentially four, uh, four games in, you know, in a week, counting these two joint practices, is pretty much a game. So um, it's going to be a fun week. You've added Hayden Hurst to your group this year. I think he's been impressive with just how fluid he is for a big athlete uh, at your position. What have been your impressions of him from uh, practicing with him and, and watching that tape on a daily basis? Well, I mean, I think that's what stands out the most is just, you know, how good he is moving, you know, how good he is in and out of his cuts, you know, how fast he is, how quick he is. I think that's, you know, that's the most obvious thing, the most glaring thing. You know, not everybody can move like that. You know, he was just giving those... You know, he was kind of blessed. He, he was blessed with, you know, how fast and how quick he is. Um, you know, so I think that's what stands out most. But Hayden's going to have a really, really good year, you know, really looking forward to, to seeing that and, you know, happy for him because I know he's going to have a good year in this offense. Appreciate your time. Appreciate your candor. Best of luck this week. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thaddeus has four catches for 40 yards in the first two preseason games, and that is the most of any Bengals tight end. Von Bell famously arrives at the stadium at the crack of dawn to work out. So imagine his surprise on Tuesday when he finished his workout, got to his locker, looked over his shoulder, and saw teammate and close friend Jesse Bates. 
What was Bell's reaction? He's alive. <laughs> uh, it's finally him not seeing a ghost, but uh, it's just love at the end of the day. He's hugging everybody, checking in with everybody, making sure everybody's okay, and uh, everybody makes sure he's all right. So uh, it's always just like I said, it's like a brotherhood, it's a family, and it's a tight-knit group, so it was great to see him. Bates finally signed the $12.9 million franchise tag on Tuesday and reported to training camp. Here are Chidabe Awuje and Joe Burrow, on having the 25-year-old safety back in the building. It's always good to have one of your leaders, um, guys you went to war with, especially after the season we had last year, you know, a guy that we all trust and believe in. So um, it's a great feeling to have him back. Yeah, everyone loves Jesse. So when you have a guy like that who's great in the locker room, great on the field, and is in the situation that he is, you back him as much as you can because you know, everyone loves Jesse. So like I said, his business is, is his business. I know he would have would like to get a deal done, but it didn't happen. He's here now, ready to play. As you would expect, Jesse won't do much at practice for a few days, but when asked if he'll be ready for the season opener against the Steelers, he said, absolutely. Bates is obviously disappointed that he wasn't able to reach an agreement on a contract extension, but he's betting on himself this year. It's a, it's a great opportunity for me to continue to present what I'm about, who I am. Um, to this franchise and other teams as well. So, um, like I said, I'm looking at this as an opportunity to prove that I'm one of the best safeties in this league, and um, I'm not sure why I'm not paid yet. But uh, this is, like I said, this is a great opportunity for me to create some wealth for my family. Um, You know, it's not a bad number at all. This franchise tag number isn't bad. Uh, So I'm not going to be naive to that. Um, So, like I said, I'm blessed. I'm happy to be here. While he's been gone, first-round draft pick Dax Hill has gained valuable experience practicing with the first-team defense, and he had an interception on Sunday night against the Giants. Then, there's fifth-round draft pick Tyson Anderson, who ranks second on the team in tackles in the first two preseason games. Bates says he understands why the Bengals used two of their six draft picks on safeties. I think in any business, uh, in any no- negotiations, uh, leverage is the biggest part of that. Um, and I understand that me and Bon are on our last year of our deal. So, I mean, it made sense for them to draft two safeties. Um, that's the uncomfortable conversations. But I, honestly, I don't care about the uncom- uncomfortable conversations at this point. Um, so, yeah, I expected that. Um, I had a call with Coach Taylor. Um, I think a couple of days before the draft, and I told him I wouldn't be there at OTAs um, until I got a contract. So I expected them to draft um, a safety. And like I said, I don't take it personally. Um, I look at it as an opportunity for Dax and uh, Ty as well to come in and contribute to this team. Um, it's a cycle. Um, I got drafted here, second round, and uh, they cut George Iloka, and I was a, became a starter. Um, I'm not sure if that was a decision from uh, my guy, T.A., who is the defensive coordinator with the Steelers now. Um, but he told me um, that we were going to compete. He told me, Sean, Sean Williams, and George, that we were going to compete for um, the starting job. And I know George was supposed to make whatever, $8 million or whatever, and I was supposed to make 500000 <laughs> So um, it, made, it made sense. Um, it's something that, like I said, I've paid attention to. Um, throughout my years in this league, and I think that's what 
other players, young players should do as well. Jesse did not have a great regular season last year, but he was exceptional in the playoffs with a pair of interceptions and six pass deflections. If he plays like he did in those four games, he will become one of the highest paid safeties in the league, whether it's in Cincinnati or elsewhere. The Bengals Booth Podcast is presented by Ultimate Bengals, the free-to-play fantasy football game. This past season, Ultimate Bengals awarded a weekly winner during the course of the year with tickets, autographed merchandise, and money-can't-buy experiences all up for grabs. Find Ultimate Bengals in the App Store and Google Play. For the most part, the Bengals starters have not seen action in the first two preseason games, but nearly all of them, including Joe Burrow, were on the field Wednesday for the first of two joint practices against the Rams, and that's also expected to be the case on Thursday. After the Bengals and Rams walked off the field on Wednesday, I discussed that first joint practice with my broadcast partner, Dave Lapham. Lap the first of two joint practices against the Super Bowl champion, L.A. Rams, is in the books. Give me a couple of things that stood out to you. It was good work for the offense because the Rams run a unique style of defense, Dan, where they play like a soft umbrella coverage and they break downhill on the football. And they can do that because the pass rush is so extreme, you've got to get the ball out of your hand quickly. So they're jumping routes, and they're jumping routes left and right. They don't worry about double moves. They don't think you know quarterbacks going to have time to execute that. So they've got a secondary of personnel that fits that scheme. They have a pass rush led by 99 that is uh, you know, going to get to the quarterback quickly, particularly in the middle of a pocket getting to the quarterback quickly, making them get rid of it, can't see the field as well. I mean, it's a hell of a hell of good work to work against. And they had some, uh, had some good moments, had some tough moments, and that's, that's what it's all about. Uh, on the other side of it, I thought that uh, the Bengals defense – from what I saw working against number one Rams unit is um, the Rams couldn't really run the ball that well. There was no tackling, but there wasn't much room mm. to run the football. And um, two two-minute drills to end to, in that sequence of situational football, defense got two interceptions to end both of the two-minute drills. Very positive sign, obviously. So I felt like, okay, working number ones, they haven't really played in preseason games. Bengals' offensive line hadn't really worked together hardly at all. Uh, they took about 50% of the snaps maybe. So it stands to reason that a defense like that would be ahead of the offense, even though if both units hadn't really done all that much in terms of full speed, um, that the defense might be ahead of the offense. And I think that was the case in both sides of the line of scrimmage. I thought the Bengals' defense won the one-on-one pass drills, rush drills overall. I thought the same for the Rams defensively winning against the Bengals' offensive line, one-on-one pass rush drill overall. So I do think the defense is probably a little bit ahead of the offense, um, and it doesn't stun me because, like I said, it's almost like the beginning stages of training camp almost in terms of getting exposure to high-tempo practice. But overall, I thought they got a lot of work done. I thought the tempo was really good. Um, They stayed on their feet. Um, There was no chippiness, but... Uh, they, they get after each other pretty well. I, I thought it was real good work, and we'll see how they build on it, uh, build on that tomorrow. You stood next to Aaron Donald on the sideline up close and personal. You watched him on a lot of these snaps at practice today. You played against Mean Joe Green. You played against Curly Culp and other greats of your era. 
is he among the greatest defensive linemen in NFL history? Yeah, he, when you look at him, you're not overly intimidated by his size, but then you watch his first – his explosiveness is unbelievable. And honestly, I was talking to a couple of Rams coaches after practice, and they said – he wasn't giving you the full speed. He's got another gear. I said, get out of here. And they're like, no, no. He, he was going, but not like going. And I'm like, oh, man. He's just, he's got it all. He's got that first step. He's into you before you can move. He gets off the ball so quickly. His hands were a blur. I mean, he does martial arts stuff to work on his hands. And it, it, it's like you're going against a jujitsu king. It's like, like, you know, where are his hands? What's he doing? And it's, it's, I was thinking, okay, if I'm playing against him, would I try to jam him and get that arm extension? Nah, knock my hand down, and now he'll be at my shoulder like that. Do I keep my hands low and try to absorb him? Then he bulls you to death. He's a problem, man. I don't know. I think maybe the best thing is to get your hands and, and be patient, but then a six-inch uh, jab, you know, as hard as you can and not overextend because that's all he's looking for you to do is overextend any way, shape, or form. But, man, this this guy is – the real deal. I mean, to say so-and-so is going to single up on Aaron Donald, I don't care who the guy is, that's asking a lot. He is special. And that's one of the things that stood out to me today. It wasn't like Cordell Volson or Alex Kappa spent the day blocking Aaron Donald. They moved him up and down the line. So at some point, every single guy on that offensive line had his crack at trying to block Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is an Equal opportunity butt whooper. <laughs> he wants to. He doesn't want it. He wants every offensive lineman when the game is over to say, "Oh, not just the one poor guy that maybe won against him every snap." He he wants to get a, a, a taste and a piece of every one. Plus, what he does, and I've seen this, you know, on, with with other great pass rushers. This is the fish. This is the one that I can utilize most of my moves against. So he go he explores. I mean, I'm talking about when we're in the regular season game time, he'll study tape. And he'll have an idea, but then he'll get out there and move around to make sure that his idea is proper. And he'll, whoever you are that gets chosen, when you're the chosen one, you don't want to be the chosen one. And then offensively, you have to make adjustments. You know, you have to put more than one guy on him. And and uh, the one thing you do with Aaron Donald, and it's it's that way with every great player, you break the huddle, come to the line of scrimmage, and you're looking. A lot of times it might be, you know, where's that safety? He's such a great blitz. We could look for, where's that linebacker? He can blitz from anywhere. We've got to locate him and set our pass protections accordingly. you got to find 99. Like you said, he's here, there, everywhere, so beware. you got to locate him and adjust your protections accordingly because that is beast mode. Just follow the yellow gloves. That's <laughs> how you can tell where he is on the defensive line. Let's move from Aaron Donald to Jalen Ramsey. When the two teams came out to stretch and warm up, Jesse Bates walked over to uh, dap up Jalen Ramsey. They are both listed at 6-1. Jalen Ramsey's got two inches on Jesse Bates. I don't know why he's listed at 6-1. I'm 6-1. Jalen Ramsey, I think, is 6-3 at least. He's huge, long wingspan, obviously incredibly athletic. It's easy to understand when you see him in person why he's Jalen Ramsey. You hear all the time coaches talk about – a tight end or a wide receiver with a big catch radius. Jalen Ramsey has a big catch radius. I mean, that's why he'll he'll make plays on footballs like, how did he do that? You know, not only closing on it, but to, to actually, it, it almost looked like Inspector Gadget. You know, it just keeps going and going, and he makes plays on the football. He's a big man, and 
you know, he, and he, he loves the physicality of the game. And with all of that said, you think, ah, he can't be great one-on-one coverage. He, he's sticky, man. He, he, he beats you up and reroutes you. But he had his plays. Um, a guy named Jamar Chase had his. I mean, it was, it was a good battle, good match. They were two great players. And that, that's what I really liked about this practice as well, those guys getting reps against each other. That's at the highest level. I mean, you, you can't find a, a better matchup to get ready for the regular season than having a full practice, whether it be individual drills, teamwork, against a guy like that for the offensive line and uh, Volson and whoever, against a guy like Aaron Donald. I mean, you just you can't manufacture anything better. So it is going to make it um, – it's good work for, for the regular season. And basically, you look at it as not games, but back-to-back, high-tempo, you know, good football workouts against really good competition. On the other side of it, Cooper Cup amazes me. This, this guy and, you know, when you have a quarterback like Stafford who's on the same page, they run so many option routes that they're on the exact same page at the exact same moment – you can't coach that stuff. Mm-hmm. Some guys either have it or they don't. And both of these guys have that, like, ESP anticipation. They are on the same page so many times. When they're not, it's like, oh, my God, how did that happen, you know? But, man, and the thing, watching Cooper Cup come off the line of scrimmage, if I'm a defensive back, he's eight yards into his route, and he has given no indicator as to what he's going to do. That's a bad feeling. You know, he hasn't dipped his shoulder. He hasn't changed his gait. He had no tip on if he's going to break in. I'll go. It's like, oh, my gosh, what do you do? And that's what makes him so great. He's not necessarily the fastest guy, but he is he is so unbelievably talented route runner with just giving you the same look. Every single route he runs starts off looking the exact same. Man, he is and won the Triple Crown, 145 <laughs> catches, almost 2,000 yards, 16 touchdowns, ridiculous stuff. And at some point, he had so many more catches than anybody. They're doubling him, they're tripling him. He's still, those guys, I mean, Stafford and Cup, watching those two work together, that's as high a level as it gets too. So there was a lot of good work out there for sure. He also won Super Bowl MVP, unfortunately, yep. as we remember. Yep. I didn't keep detailed stats today. I was kind of looking at the offense for a few plays. Then I'd turn my head and look at the defense on the other field for a few plays. But while I was watching the offense, I think Hayden Hurst had the most receptions of anybody. Uh, Joe Burrow's timing and confidence and chemistry with him is uh, growing pretty quickly, I think. Yeah, and I think like everybody's thinking, even against this defense where they were playing that soft coverage and breaking up, he, he, can, he can hurt that. He can find spaces in there where he can hurt that. And, uh, and he made some plays. And I, I think, you know, in the press presser today, Joe Burrow said, yeah, when we've got three really good ones, real, three good wide receivers. And Hayden Hurst, we expect him to get favorable matchups and him for take, to take advantage of those. And I think he's going to. I think he's going to have a big year. He's got size-speed ratio that's very good. Uh, he's got long arms. He does have a, a good catch radius. Uh, and I, I do think now that Jesse Bates is back, we talk about the three wideouts. How about the three safeties? I mean, that, that three safety package that Lou Anarumo is going to be messing with and messing with the minds of offensive coordinators and quarterbacks all year, that's as good a threesome as there is in the league as well. So the Bengals are, have, have got some pretty good personnel at, uh, at key places that they need to have it. It's been a little bit more than a week since Joe Burrow returned. Does he look like he's close to normal to you? I think he's getting close. I think um, I asked him in the presser today 
if Sunday were if it were a Sunday game against the Rams instead of a Saturday preseason game, could you play? He said, I could play, but I don't think I'd be playing as well as I could without the rest of training camp. There's a process in training camp that I, I want to continue, and and uh, and that's that's a fair answer. But for him to get up there and say I could play, I think is a huge indicator that he feels good. He's ramping up. I think he lost 15 pounds. I bet he's got 10 of it back. Uh, so I think he's getting close, and um, he's <laughs> still fearless. I mean, the guy, he fears nothing. I thought it was interesting. They ran a quarterback draw <laughs> against the Rams. The Rams' uh, sideline defenders were not happy with that call when Zach called that quarterback draw in that, in the, uh, to generate a first down and try to get 15 yards for, after that, another 15-yard chunk play to kick a field goal. But uh, the fact that he doesn't hesitate to do it because – Sometimes contact is not intentional. And, you know, you, you start to run a quarterback draw and you're sifting through traffic. I mean, obviously they feel really good about where he is, and Joe Burrow feels really good about where he is too. In our pregame show on Sunday night, you said, I'd like to see the coaches play Cordell Volson at left guard for the entire game. Evaluate him. He needs the work, et cetera. That's exactly what they did. Now that you've had a chance to review it, how did he do? You know, I think he did pretty well. I, th- I thought he was pretty consistent. Um, you know, he's get, catching a lot of heat for this um, corner, nickel corner blitz that, uh, you know, that came off the slot. He was a full scan, but that was not his primary scan position. His primary scan was inside, and he wanted to make sure that you take care of that inside. Now, could he have gotten out there potentially and given a bonus pickup? Yeah, but as a rookie, it's like, what if I start out there and then the guy delay blitzes inside, and that's who I was supposed to block? So he's kind of like between a rock and a hard place, you know. Um, that really wasn't his assignment, but in a perfect world, it could have been his assignment. If his guy doesn't come, you get out there and, okay, so now you live and learn. But do I give him a minus for that play? Not really, because he wants to make sure that that inside blitzer doesn't blitz. He wants to take care of that assignment. The more snaps he takes in the NFL, it'll be, all right, well, he, if he's not coming now, he's not coming. I can get out there. You know, so, so you can't lock on too too long against a guy and um, live and learn. So, I think I think that uh, if if that was the most egregious mistake he had, and in my mind, it's not an error. It's just he didn't give you the bonus value, the bonus points. So, I think mentally he didn't have any brain farts, which is a plus. And he he still, when he gets his hands on people, he can, he can finish. Was it perfect? No, far from perfect. But um, I think he showed that you can work with it. That's for darn sure. You can definitely work with it. Zach Taylor said today that the starting left guard spot has not been determined yet. Jackson Carmen is still in the running. Yep. He came back from his uh, positive COVID diagnosis today. Uh, do you buy that? Is it still up for grabs? Is Cordell Volson significantly ahead? Where do you think that stands? Yeah, it's to, to me um, – I think I think this tape uh, of of the Rams' week of practice is going to be big because the one thing Volson can do is anchor, and we've seen Jackson Carmen have anchorability issues. He gets his pad level high. Uh, Volson doesn't really get his pad level high. That that if if he does, it's a it's a rarity. It's not a regular occurrence. Um, so you know, just fundamental things like playing with that good pad level, um, being in a good football position to power and finish people. I mean, when, when Jackson Carmen does it right, my gosh, man, it's good. But he doesn't always do it right. And it's, 
I think it's more of a focus thing. So now it boils down to maybe, you know, geez, wow, they're both, they both have done some good things. Like I said before, I think Jackson's bar may be higher, but his low bar is so much lower. And Volson's bar, his high bar is not quite as high, but his low bar is nowhere near as low. So if I'm picking a guy, I might trust the guy whose highs and lows are closer together than big peak, big valley, you know. Um, So what Jackson's got to do in a hurry here is improve that consistency on a snap-by-snap basis and and don't, uh, you know, be at the top of Mount Everest and then the the lower Death Valley. You know, you can't, you can't be doing those things. Jesse Bates came back a little bit sooner than I anticipated. I thought it was going to be after the final preseason game instead of the week leading up to the final preseason game. Why do you think he chose to come back when he did? I think he missed it. I think he missed his teammates. Um, I think he probably it was conveyed to him, look, you know, we're going to ramp you up. Um, so we're going to give you a few days where he like today all he did was a few individual things. Um, he didn't have his helmet or anything pads on or anything like that. He's on the commissioner's exempt list, so there's only things that he's allowed to do, um, and that's for a two week time frame. So by collective bargaining agreement, as we know, when they start training camp for four days, they're not even in pads or helmets. So I don't think Zach wants to hurry him in, but for him to be on the sideline with his teammates listening to the coaches talk about what's going on with the Rams and seeing what took place and the adjustments and all that. I think when he was in that suite looking at that game from that that vantage point at, uh, at uh, Paycor Stadium, he thought, I missed this, you know, and I, I, I want to get back with my guys. I really think that's kind of what it boiled down to. And then when he was thinking, you know, he keeps himself in such great shape that he feels like he can play, and he probably could. But, man... When he woke up Monday morning, it was just like a few days before the Steelers game, he would feel like, you know, football rigor mortis set in. So now he can – there's conditioning and then there's football shape. He can get himself in a little bit better football shape, anchor his pads a little bit, doing some things that, uh, you know, it takes a few days to get done. And, and you go through the, okay, what's it feel like to get through the soreness and all that, and you, you start to get in football shape. So I think he made a good decision, you know, to, to give himself a little bit of time to uh, to ramp up to it instead of like, oh boy, in three days I got a game and I'm going to be going against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Boy, that's a physical football team. That's a division rival. That's going to be a banger, you know, and uh, at least now he's got a few days to get ready for that. Were you as hot out there as I was today? Dude, I was moist the whole day. <laughs> I, I broke a lather and it never went away. I mean, it, you know, they, they said the humidity wasn't going to be that bad, but I thought there were humans hanging from everywhere out there. Peg and Lynn, we're on our way home. You better get those showers going. (laughs) No doubt. Icy cold shower time. (laughs) Saturday's game at Paycor Stadium starts at 6. Our pregame coverage on the Bengals radio network will begin at 4.30. That's going to do it for this episode of the Bengals Booth Podcast presented by Ultimate Bengals. Download Ultimate Bengals ahead of the 2022 season. It's free-to-play next-level fantasy football with fantastic Bengals prizes. Get it now on the App Store and Google Play. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this podcast, and if you have a minute, give it a rating or share a comment. That helps more Bengals fans find us. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast.